0: Hello, oh, and welcome to Every Horror Movie on Netflix, the show where we watch, review, and discuss every horror movie on Netflix. I'm Stephen. I'm here as always with my co-host, Chris. Hello. And Patrick. Hey. And we are here today to discuss the 2021 Italian end film, A Classic Horror Story. But before we get into it, we'd like to do a little catch-up, see what kind of spooky shit each of us has been up to since the last episode, aside from the homework at hand. Chris, you got anything for us? Anything you want to share? Any wrecks?
1: I don't. I don't think I've watched or read or done anything horror-related in the last couple weeks. I could make up a spooky story, but that would be neither here nor there. So um, I'm just going to have to take a pass and apologize to our fans for not being a better horror consumer. Well, according to your terms, it is after the spooky
0: season. I'm still keeping it going through Christmas. I'll give you a pass on this one.
1: Patrick, you got anything you want to share
0: with us?
2: I also, it's been kind of a light week for me, too, or light couple weeks, I guess I should say. Um, I have still been very slowly meandering my way through Guillermo Guillermo del Toro's uh, Cabinet of Curiosities, um, which has continued to be delightful and looking forward to finally catching up to um, the Panos Cosmatos and, um, uh, what's her name, Jennifer Kent episodes, um, which are some of the ones I'm looking forward to most. Um, I've also been going back and rereading the Sandman Uh, comic series because i enjoyed the netflix series quite a bit and it made me want to revisit the comic which has been really delightful kind of forgot how uh some of my favorite comic artists of all time like sam keith were involved in the very early uh days of that comic but other than that um not a whole lot going on in the horror front for me lately how about you steven you know,
0: not much either. I, I did watch something that I don't even know if I can fully recommend, but I'll talk about it briefly. Um, there's a in Amazon Prime original movie that debuted a couple weeks ago called "Run, Sweetheart, Run," and I heard about this on the Colors of the Dark podcast with Rebecca McHendry and Elric Kane, and Elric's description of just how twisty it is in that it's marketed as a rape revenge movie, but isn't really and that there's shit he couldn't talk about, like encourage me to just kind of sit down and watch it. And it is a pretty, pretty wild movie. Um, I mean, the, the plot and brief is like this young secretary is asked to sit in for her boss on a dinner with a client. The dinner ends up going really well and turns into kind of a date. And then he uh, brutally attacks her. You don't see it the movie kind of breaks the fourth wall and it is essentially one of those like movies that you saw a lot in the eighties, like after dark, like the really bad day movies where like somebody's just being like chased around through the city all night, encountering crazy characters as a wild surreal plot unfolds. And it wound up being super entertaining though. It um, is one of these movies that I'm seeing a lot of lately where it attempts to deliver on a social message that is just so obvious. It almost doesn't excuse the great lengths it goes to to be a horror movie Ugh. but if you got nothing going on on a Saturday afternoon like throw it out in the background it's a lot of fun and you might scream a couple of times I did
2: yeah I had I had heard about that one too and was curious about it but I am less excited now that I've heard that <laughs> recommendation question mark
0: question mark it's a it's yeah. a cute. It. I had I had cue fun it, yeah. with it but like I don't know if I would you know, I can't wholeheartedly recommend somebody go out of their way to watch it and devote and it is quite long to to like devote their full attention to it. But if you check in with it, it's one of those movies where pretty much reliably every ten minutes something bonkers happens. That's uh
1: the shortest horror catch up we've ever done.
2: Yeah. Incredible.
1: Did that in record time. Which is which is not bad because I, I actually feel like we might have some discussion about this movie that might more so than usual.
2: Oh,
0: wow. I- in- interesting. Well, that takes us to the the feature at hand, a classic horror story. Um, I mean, the basic setup is this is set in, in Italy. A young woman is uh, we meet her in a diner. She's talking to her mother on the phone. Um, she's pregnant. Her mother wants her to have an abortion. She gets on a sketchy rideshare app. She gets in uh, the RV with a bunch of strangers.
2: She gets and- an Uber XL
0: XXL.
2: Uber Uber RV
0: Um, and and these are all people that are for various reasons traveling to the south of Italy at one point they they get into an accident because one of them is driving drunk they get stranded in the woods and everything goes to hell am I missing anything crucial in that setup boys that's about it, and it's it's Yeah,
2: Chris thought we were going to have discussion about. Yeah, the movie. and, it's now, already and over. now
1: and now it's time for the spoiler room. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, pretty not not quite, but pretty much. Like, there's a, there's a lot we can't talk about before the spoiler room, but I think there's enough that we can have a lively discussion.
1: There's a lot we can't talk about. Well, first I got excited because it's called a classic horror story, and like I'm I'm queuing in early on to like our hero who's like italy's answer to jocelyn donahue she's looking at the wall of the diner and there's like a a a painting of like um i think it's like someone with stigmata so like maybe one of the thieves that jesus was crucified by i I don't know my my icons well enough to tell you who but uh then they get i think it was judas
0: because judas is explicitly referenced not long after that
1: did judas get crucified
0: i don't know I wasn't paying attention in catechism as a child.
1: I mean, yeah, he yeah, I, anyway, well, all right, if you know whether or not Judas got crucified, send us an email, recontact us on <laughs> Amoncast. Um, no, wait,
2: are there specific th- are these were specific stigmata? I feel like I missed this picture.
1: Yeah. In the, in the diner, there's a painting of a guy and he's got his hands up and he's got the, the stigmata. Um, and then they get on the bus and, and the, one of the secondary characters is playing a trivia game. And it's like, you know, the answer is Judas. It's like, who betrayed Jesus had him set up. So I'm like, all right, what's going on here? We're, we're talking about classic. And then, then they start introducing everybody on the bus and for a moment and I really relished this moment. I thought that this was going to be a retelling of the Canterbury tales (laughs) and that, and that it was going to be a classic horror story in the sense of like classical, uh, you know, epic, literature (laughs) i admire your mind for
0: being capable of making that leap but this couldn't be
1: because because we meet all these like all these pilgrims on this journey to the to southern italy and they all like have some sort of dark aspect of their personality that comes out later you know um but it's not quite what we get but i want to be acknowledged for having the the temporary very smart thought that that's what we were (laughs) getting ourselves into (laughs) Well, uh, consider yourself acknowledged by yourself.
2: <laughs> Let's send him some uh some credits. We haven't sent credits in a little while. <laughs> oh yeah, I'll throw him
0: a few coins. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so who's on this R V? We got it. we got a um
2: I mean we got the kind of cabin the- in the woods, basically. We've got your yeah. your typical group of people who get stranded at a cabin in the woods. You know, you've got uh You've got, like, dorky kind of douche bro from Britain. There's a, there's kind of some mixed Italian and English language stuff in this. You've got his girlfriend who is, you know, the ostensible uh, slut archetype, I guess. We've got, gonna... um,
1: I mean, okay.
0: We've got a grumpy doctor.
2: We got a grumpy doctor i was i was we i want
0: to
1: say i want to say all their, i want to say their the names nerd. i want to say their name even though say we're not gonna, names, we're not gonna yeah. we're not gonna use their names for the rest of the episode but but we might as well uh <laughs> yeah. tell you here elisa Oh uh, yeah
2: Elisa's elisa our is
1: our main character we got Fabrizio Fabrizio. fabrizio he's the youtuber right he yeah. is, he's driving the van he's the uber driver also a YouTuber who's like doing a travel log of his, the trip, much to the chagrin of everyone riding aboard, but whatever, he fancies himself a filmmaker or something. He went to film school, we find out.
2: He's the nerd.
1: He's the nerd. He's the incel. Um, <laughs> we get to know him better later, as we do with most of these characters. Uh, we have Ricardo, who is the 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 surly doctor. He looks like, I don't know. Maybe a villain from a Liam Neeson
2: movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, very surly doctor. Does not want to talk. taciturn. Perhaps has a checkered past.
1: Perhaps we have Mark, who is uh, the the person uh, you talked about before. the The English guy who is just a bore and not. You're. I was waiting for this guy to die as soon as I met him. <laughs> His girlfriend, who's uh, Ukrainian, I believe, Sophia. And, right, and she's got a she's got a
0: startup where she makes three D printed jewelry. Yeah, bright bright future for these two. It sounds like they're kind of planning on getting hitched. Yeah, at their destination.
1: And uh, I think that's it, right? Just the just the five of them. Yep. Yeah. Uh, But, you know, kind of a good cast of characters, and this movie does the characterization, I think, pretty well, where kind of it starts off and you're expecting it just to be kind of a dead body movie. Uh, But you you get enough. I wouldn't say all the character moments work or are engrossing, but you do learn quite a bit about all these characters and you get to know them. And and for me, I I cared about most of them uh, through the course of the movie.
2: Yeah, they more or less felt like real people and not just like cannon fodder.
0: But it's kind of your basic, you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre setup. Um, and since it's called a, a classic horror story, we we kind of kind of get an idea somewhat of what some of the beats of this movie might be.
1: And the whole movie is sort of a, it's a, it's color graded with that like cross process teal and orange look, so it looks like it's trying to be a throwback to like Texas Chainsaw Massacre or other movies of the seventies. They're driving around in a like a a. Uh, basically a camper that looks like what they drive around in in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre.
2: Yeah, and then they wind up at what is what one of the characters actually and and what the script actually has the audacity to describe as Sam Raimi's house. I mean, it's a cabin. Yes, cabin in the woods. It looks
0: it looks more like Ari Aster's house to me, but I appreciated the joke. I mean, there is some yeah. you know you got kind of the deer deer head on the wall in there it's yeah. a bit evil dead on the
2: inside but the outside
0: is almost comically midsummer
2: there's 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 uh know, yeah, there's a few things in this that reminded me of midsummer
1: it's extremely reminiscent of midsummer it's extremely reminiscent of texas chainsaw it's a little bit reminiscent of evil dead it's very reminiscent of kill list <laughs> yeah <laughs> um it- chris is it folk horror it's oh, definitely there's folk horror. so many sticks. I know it's not even really a question. What else did I add? I I remember I said I was adding something to the. It can be sticks or what else is full core.
2: I don't remember, um, but it didn't really. St- I didn't agree. It didn't Whatever stick. It, was. it didn't yeah, it stick. Did, <laughs> it didn't stick. Yeah.
1: <laughs> all right. Well, yeah. There's sticks galore in this movie, and you know, like the dead deer and like the bodies arranged in weird poses and stuff. It's it's full core all the way. But yes, it feels very derivative and it's hard to say more without getting (laughs) into spoilers on that there is
0: a point to it feeling derivative which we will get to in there's a point
1: yeah we'll get into all this but until you get to some plot twists it just is kind of obnoxious um because it feels like it's cribbing liberally from great movies but not misun, but completely misunderstanding them and not really have anything of its own to say um that doesn't turn out to be the case but it's kind of a long road like i almost turned this movie off at one point and i would have missed i would have missed the movie if i had done that um well, I'm glad you finished it so that we could talk about it. On the show. <laughs> That's
2: true. I w- I was not so offended by that. I mean, I was also, you know, obviously very aware of the reference points for what it was doing, and and again, it even draws attention to some of them rather early on. It also references it pretty early on, which is not a movie that I think it's uh, really like cribbing from necessarily, but it 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 calls out um, some horror classics for sure by name. Uh, But I don't know. I was enjoying it. It It was riffing enough on that stuff and doing enough of its own original thing and kind of raising enough questions for me about what the heck was actually going on that I wasn't offended by the reference points. I was very unnerved by, you know, you you have some weird stuff that they discover in the woods, some strange ritualistic arrangements of, you know, stick scarecrow sort of uh, figures and decapitated pigs heads with fresh blood and no one around to have clearly decapitated them. You've got this kind of weird, and this was another thing it reminded me of was Blair witch, you know, they run the car off the road and then they go walking around and they think that they have crashed their car a short distance from the road, but Mm -hmm. find out that in fact, they're actually out in the middle of a forest somewhere, nowhere near a road to be seen. That stuff was all good. I was, I was enjoying it. There's some weird like kind of, folklore behind it they find out about the this like trio of bad the three, dudes the three
0: knights of um <laughs> honor is that what they're called Yeah,
2: you know, some bad three dudes as our president would say who uh what are they called like osa corn
0: pop and
2: <laughs> osa mantarosa cañarosa and corn pop <laughs> um <laughs> in bucket
1: and they're creepy <laughs> and they've got some they've got some cool lore that's hinted at and that's true Disney-
2: williams <laughs>
1: The the design of them is very good. Um, yes, they, they they are scary. They're really scary when they come at night.
0: Mostly. I, if it felt to me like the like the cenobites almost. It's like are these are these people with masks? Are they actually these like old gods or you know whatever they're supposed to be? I thought that stuff was kind of chilling. Well,
2: mm-hmm. yeah, because they have these masks that are. I mean, they're they're carved out of wood, but only very lightly and so it's like they're basically wearing huge chunks of like just bark from a tree on their faces like lightly carved I don't know it was it was a unique aesthetic red robes I don't know I was digging it
0: it's a little like the village I don't even know if I can say that without I never saw I never
1: even even saw the village
0: oh then it's a lot like the village I'll say that
1: (laughs) (laughs) um yeah, it, it, the movie as a whole looks very good. The cinematography is quite good. Um, the craft of the filmmaking, very good. Um, and yeah, this for a long time was playing with my emotions because I was like, this feels like a good movie, but also I hate it. Um, and so I kind of <laughs> had, I had to live with that dissonance, uh, for most of the movie. You have things like, uh, like, besides the fact that they, they drive off the road and then are... Here's my problem. When you we see them drive off the road and, like, hit a tree just on the curb, then, yeah. like Patrick said, they're in, like, the middle of the woods and they're by this house and, like, it becomes clear that, like, they're not going to find a solution to their problem. It's the old thing where it's like, oh, they walk off in one direction and they end up back where they started. It's that kind yeah. of thing. It's like, um, which, uh, Grave Encounters does that or something. like like the That's the example I can think of of another movie where I'm, like, invested in the stakes of the situation. But then it becomes clear that, like, oh, no, these people are supernaturally fucked. So there's no reason to care about the choices they're making. Um, so I, I disagree
0: with that. I still... I still cared because it felt grounded enough that I had a sense that, like, I was supposed to question whether or not there was really anything supernatural going on. And that toyed with me for long enough that I really did wonder, like, could they get out of this? Or if anyone does, how? Because I don't know where they are. I mean, there's a thing with, like, yeah, they can't find the road. They meet a little girl, a wicker girl, up in the up in the yeah. attic of this house. <laughs> and she, she tells one of the characters at one point that it's not even a forest that they're in. And I was like, okay, yeah. what does that mean? Um, I yeah. don't know. It kept me interested. It kept me engaged from moment one to the end, I think.
2: Right. And we're talking about kind of the influences of this. You know, there's a little Evil Dead. There's a little Blair Witch. There's a little Texas Chainsaw. There's a little whatever, the 17 different movies we've said already. And I kind of like kitchen sinky movies in the first place if they come together. And in, the, in this one, the kind of uh, melting pot of reference points added to my enjoyment because I was like okay what the hell is going on here you know and and in the end the we'll get to it obviously but the answer to that was weird and satisfying enough for me that it justified the mishmash of uh genres uh and again just like different reference points from across horror
1: all that just frustrated me because it felt it feels for so long like a movie that's just like eager to please just cribbing stuff from other movies without purpose and uh, i don't know is it is it morally uh okay is it morally acceptable to to have a movie that is bad for an hour and then bails itself out (laughs) i don't know (laughs) and I mean, sp- I think that comes
0: down to the individual.
1: And especially, right? all right, and especially the, the reason I almost turned it off is because when it gets violent and people start dying, it's it's very gory and gruesome and you feel bad for these characters that that you've gotten to know and it's very nihilistic feeling. And so by that point I'm really like, all right, what the fuck is going on here because is is this just some edgelord movie um
2: it is brutal, but I wouldn't say it's gory. Actually, it's I was kind of surprised. Yeah, like, and I mean, I'm sure a lot of it just has to do with budget and what they actually ha- were able to do, effects wise. But I mean, there are some horrifying things that happen to the characters, but you don't see a lot of it, which kind of surprised me, I guess. And I and also, and I liked it because I felt it harder um, by like seeing people's reactions and hearing sound effects and shit without seeing the actual visual gore of it in many cases.
0: Well, it draws so heavily on the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and that's a film that famously is not very gory, even though you may remember it as such, because of the way that it forces you, the way that it gets inside your head and forces you to imagine the worst or imagine the things that are left unseen. You yeah. know, there's a scene in this where a character has a vice, uh, has his head in a vice that is going to crush his head, but first it's going to poke through his eyes. And it's, 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 um, I was on the edge of my seat. I wanted to look away, but you don't actually see anything.
2: Mm -hmm. And I I
0: find that to be much more powerful than actually showing the thing,
2: (laughs) (laughs) which was actually the moment where I was like, Oh shit. We are, we're adding a little saw, a little hostile to Uh the melting pot here, Yes, yes. which again, and also interestingly, in distinction from those movies, again, you would see the fucking gore. You'd see blood spurting fucking everywhere. If it was hostile or saw, Um, but this, you know, we've got a very, uh, um, kind of elaborate contraption created to crush this guy's head, but you don't see the shit.
1: There's also some misery in that scene. Yeah.
2: Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Big misery energy. <laughs> there's another scene.
0: Was there's like, another Jesus scene Christ. where a character gets their head. Uh, I mean, a shotgun through the mouth, and I was dreading. I was excited to see it, and like on a on a um, like a like a narrative. Level, but also like, oh god, I really don't want to see that right now. And the way that it was done, I thought was actually pretty, you know, as tasteful as blowing someone's head off with a shotgun can possibly be.
2: So that actually shocked me because, based on how little they had shown me in previous scenes, I was actually kind of shocked at the gore of that. I and and I thought it was effectively done. I was just that I actually did think was pretty gory and gruesome.
1: You could say this movie is a love letter to horror. Genre. Oh, don't
0: call anything a love letter to anything. Oh, you know that's a pet peeve
1: you, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, I don't know, guys. Should we review
2: it? Like, what? What else can we talk about without?
1: I think we're just going to be spinning over. our wheels until
2: we review this thing. So, could we, could we call it a meditation on horror? No, maybe
0: a medita- meditation on anything also sounds very boring.
2: Yeah, that's that was my joke. Is okay. that's another one of those fucking like critical cliches?
0: All right, um, fuck it. I'm gonna throw it to Patrick. Would you view "Cue" or "Screw"? I almost called it a Christmas horror story. <laughs> <A> classic <laughs> horror
2: story. I went to search for it on Netflix before, and I started typing that in too. So I'm there with you. Um, it's a. I'm gonna say this squeaks by, maybe by a little more than a hair into a view it for me. Uh, I was enjoying it, unlike Chris, up until The Twist. And then The Twist doesn't make a whole lot of fucking sense, but still was so weird and fun that it kind of kicked things up another notch for me. And I'm looking forward very much to discussing that in the spoiler room. But uh, it gave me, I guess... Just about anything I could have asked for out of a horror movie. It gives you a little bit of every fucking horror movie, I guess, as we've just discussed, and then kind of takes things to the next level. So kudos, a classic horror story, Chris. Listen, <laughs>
1: uh, this as a, this is a mediocre horror movie. It, but then in the end, It inoculates itself against any criticism you can possibly make of the movie. It does the thing a lot of creatives (laughs) do where it is aware enough, it's self-aware enough of what it's doing that it's able to, in the text of the movie, call you an asshole if you dislike the movie for any of the valid reasons to dislike this movie. (laughs) Does that turn it into a good movie? Does that make it worthy of a good review? I don't know, but it is one of the most interesting movies I've seen stylistically and intention-wise. So I have to give it a view it. Um I'll give it Whoa. a view it. I think it's at the end of the day it's a very interesting movie even though maybe I can't intellectually condone everything it did. Uh I'm glad that it did what it did and I'm looking forward to talking about it more. So view it i'm glad i saw it um i mean until you get to the end though don't expect the world it's fine it gets by it feels a little like a wannabe a24 sort of movie um it doesn't do anything horribly wrong i just thought it was kind of boring and like i said uh bleak and nihilistic for a good hour um and then i was called an asshole for thinking that so
2: I'm I'm so curious to hear why you think you were called an asshole because I, I that was not my read but we'll go I know ahead. what he's talking about.
1: <laughs> All right, Stephen, would you view it, cue it, or screw it?
0: You know, I thought it, this movie was molto bene. It was it was, it was very good. It was uh, it was uh, it's a cue it for me because I honestly I had no idea what to expect going into this. I picked it purely because of the title. Chris, it's funny that you mention A24 because there was a period of this movie, maybe up until like the 40 minute mark where I was wondering, is this a parody of A24? Like, is it <laughs> that, Because yes. it, call, it calls to some of those tropes in like, I don't know. I mean, it's not, but, it, but I it think it might be. Well, I don't know that it's, it's more of a pastiche or an homage than a parody. Okay. All right. Um, But but yeah, it did very much seem like it like that that was consciously done, and yet it never felt pretentious to me, and that's the key. I really enjoyed this thing. Do I think it's a perfect movie? Absolutely not. I think it sets up something that, especially given our current political climate, um, with our with our main character, that doesn't really pay off very well, uh, which I found to be a little confusing, but. All in all, I enjoyed myself. I was actually scared a couple of times. I felt very tense a few times throughout the film. Um, and I found it to be pretty consistently surprising right up until the end. Um, well, right up until kind of past the end, actually. <laughs> <laughs> you guys want to head down to the, the spoiler cabin and...
1: Yeah. Let's head down to the spoiler cabin. So if you want to see this for yourself, now is your opportunity to pause the podcast and come back after you've seen it because we're about to spoil everything. Um, and also, hey, if you like the show why don't you go on, tell somebody about it? Why don't you go online and give us a rating, preferably a, a four or five star rating, uh, leave a review on iTunes or wherever you hell wherever you get your podcasts, uh, talk to us on discord. We have a, a, a cute little discord community that that's been a lot of fun. <laughs> the link to that in, is in the show notes. You can also find us at every horror movie on netflix.com and at amoncast, cast, E H M O N cast on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You know, I'll throw this out there too. I still have a shitload of stickers that we printed
0: for Motor City Nightmares. If you want a handful of those, let me know, DM me your address and I'll, I'll send you a little care package, maybe even throw in a special surprise and then you can promote the show in your hometown.
1: Just tell us your name and where you live and we'll send you things. We will not dox you. I promise. (laughs)
0: All right, well, boys, I'll see you in a couple minutes in the spoiler cabin. Ciao. All right, welcome back. We are in the spoiler cabin up on the second floor, looking down through the cracks on this movie, ready to spoil everything. So it turns out Fabrizio, you know, who went to to film school has
2: actually orchestrated this whole thing mm hmm with the help of the mafia his with his the mafia mom. Of the fucking mafia <laughs> which his is mob mom hilarious yes, yes, the entire setup is he's making a horror movie, but it but the kills are real he's set up all this like bullshit cult, osa uh you know amarosa. O- o- <laughs> um. <laughs> these Born three pop. the the three the
0: three um what, what were they called the knights of honor are actually yeah. apparently like the heads of the mafia and he has turned them in his own words into the new freddie jason and leatherface because Italy doesn't want to make horror movies. And yet there's horror around in everyday life. And Fabrizio thinks that this is what people want. This is what people really want to see. So he's taken the the film industry into his own hands.
1: Yeah, which I thought that was interesting. This this movie isn't a love letter to horror as much as it's a fuck you letter to Italy. (laughs) (laughs) And the the Italian film audience, apparently. Um, Which is... Sorry to cut you off, Chris. Which is super weird to me. I mean, I don't know
0: what it's like in Italy now, but Italy has like a very famed tradition of making horror films, right? Um, giallo you know, of course, co- comes from Italy. The you know the, your Dario Argento's, your Lucio Fulci's. Um, this is a this is a country where in the eighties and nineties they would release movies like low budget horror movies with titles like. Terminator 2 and sure. Night of the Living Dead 2 and whatever you know like they the it, it, just horror was it was everywhere it seemed but, uh, but apparently not so much anymore.
2: Yeah, I was going to say that's the question that I did not have time to research before we did this today is, is that still the case? I don't know. You know, maybe it's a complaint that horror has died in Italy over the last whatever, 20 years or something. Or or he's tra- like, it.
1: or they're trying to make a, a comment on just the uh, political and cultural scene in Italy. Like maybe the horror movies are still there, but maybe they are the subject of, uh, you know, moral panic now. In a way that they didn't used to be mm. and so you know he goes on a lengthy monologue about this but i guess maybe it's also even reinforced by like the 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 mother the overbearing mother like setting up this woman's abortion um you know because it's saying oh look look at how we condone death and all these facets of society
2: uh, I, th- I think this is a pro-life film would, would you agree <laughs> I don't know. I was wondering. I was I trying truly to figure don't that know. out too. Well, what, that's well, what I was saying before
0: that. the, before the break that I, that that's something that is set up. That seems like very intentional that um, my question at the end of the movie, the first thing I, I, I just wrote down, like, is she going to keep the baby? Yeah. and I, I don't have a compelling reason to believe one way or the other
1: I don't know I mean it might just not be as interested in that topic as we are given the current state of affairs so maybe yeah. it's just you know for the Italian audience it's not that big of a deal But yeah, I for- mean
2: the actual ending is bizarre as to that question of the baby I mean I we're here so I guess we can say this I mean she, she does get away in the end we'll get into the details of how that happens but the ending is her like walking back out into society she walks out onto like a crowded beach everybody's filming her and she walks into the water and the ending is just her fully submerged in the water. I mean was... she is she is cr-
0: kind of cradling her belly in the mm-hmm. final shot as the blood is sort of washing off around her. And then credits. I, yeah, I don't she know doesn't
2: surface. It, I mean, yeah, I mean, it certainly leaves open the possibility that she's like seen too much and is just drowning herself. I don't. I don't nah. know if that is the takeaway, but she does not. She does not surface before this ends.
1: I I like how you you need to see her surface before this movie ends, but you didn't care if Sweetheart got off the island. You didn't need to to see that.
2: No, I didn't, because that was the the point of that.
1: Anyway, um, yeah, so so, uh, Fabrizio gives this whole monologue, and he talks about Italian horror audiences, and then this is where he starts calling you the viewer an asshole for not liking the rest of the movie he's like oh people say oh it's too it's too violent it's too nihilistic it's too brutal wow wow blah 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 which is how i was feeling when i was seeing all of the because all the other characters die in horrible ways this is mm. how i was feeling when i was watching that i was like what's the point to all this suffering i don't like this i don't like that this movie exists and i know that there's a lot of horror fans who relish that kind of thing um but i think i'm i'm on the record saying that, like, I don't like to see wanton painful murder unless it's, there's a purpose to it. (laughs) I think we're all on the same page. (laughs) yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, but, but this movie is like, anticipating that criticism and so it's saying yeah oh it's too violent it's too this It's too that uh oh it's not original or blah 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 all this stuff so it's like basically anything that you might have had a problem with in the first hour fabrizio literally speaks to the camera and says oh you didn't like this movie for that reason you didn't like this movie for that reason grow up we need better horror movies in italy (laughs) blah 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 um
2: interesting yeah, see, I, I didn't have that experience with it because I wasn't upset about those things like you were. So yeah. I didn't read it as being called an asshole yeah. for that. Um, hmm, interesting.
1: There's, some, there's another p- part too, I think, where the same sort of thing happens. Um, skips my mind. Well, then there's the ending. Well, the is, yeah, the <laughs> which is ending, funny. Which the actual like, ending. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> I mean, it's a
2: it's a I mean, it's a stinger. Basically, it's a mid credit scene. It,
1: it's a film that sets itself up so that you can't really give it a negative review without proving its point. <laughs> so you know what's funny too yeah. is like so in that mid credits scene there's a there's a guy
0: who's like chatting with people about this movie online and he's about to watch it and then he gets called down to dinner or something so he like skips through it and sees that Fabrizio dies and he gives it. Thumbs down on Netflix, which I don't remember the last time the thumbs down button even existed.
1: I mean, it's a, it's a, it's not Netflix. It's Bloodflix.
0: Bloodflix. I'm sorry. (laughs) Definitely not to be confused at all with Netflix. It's not an analog for anything. (laughs) I mean, this (laughs) has the same exact format.
2: This came out a couple of years ago, though, right? I feel like I've seen that thumbs down recently. 2021.
0: That's, that's it's
1: not been... the point. It's just a, it's a stand-in for yeah. internet opinion. And the, yeah. the, the idea is that we're also self-absorbed and don't have any appreciation for art, that we talk about the whole fucking movie online before we see it. And then we our experience watching a movie is literally watching 25 seconds of it, like at three different points in the movie, and then judging the whole movie based on that and giving it a thumbs down so you can move on to the next piece of streaming schlock. Um,
0: And Netflix figured out that we did that, so they took away the thumbs down.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, I mean, and again, it's just really the movie's really got an ax to grind with the horror going audience, especially in Italy. Um, Mm -hmm. And Hey, I kind of, I kind of like that. I kind of like it. It has a really bold point of view and it kind of expresses it in a very bold way.
0: Well, our tendrils on this podcast definitely reach to Italy. I'm sure we've got a few listeners there. Hopefully, hopefully one of them will chime in and, and uh, educate us a little bit about what's going on in the horror scene.
2: Yeah. I would love to hear about that actually.
1: But yeah, Elisa is our final girl, I suppose, and she's the one who finds out. She she figures out that Fabrizio is is in on it. Um, he's got it. He's been wearing an earpiece the whole time, with you know a, a whole crew supporting him and helping them kill people and. That really that that hand waves away all the stuff that you might have had a problem with for the rest of the movie, like, oh, how did this happen? How did that happen? How come they are in this, you know, how come they can't get away from the house? How come the RV's in the middle of the woods? Well, there's, you know, one of the guys on in our crew is a Confederate, and there's, you know, dozens of basically stage hands around the thing, um, putting this all into action. If you actually Google the movie like I did, it says like people who like this movie also liked, and it says cabin in the woods. Well, of course. <laughs> so like I knew going into this, that all was probably not as it seemed, or at least there was going to be some meta element to this, just based on that being the first related movie that came up. Um,
0: well, Chris, this is where I referenced the village earlier, which I think the, the, the three nights kind of resemble the sort of red Patrick. Have you seen the village?
2: Yeah. I mean, and ages I show ago when it came out,
0: Yeah. Like I kind of, I don't know. I picked up on that early on and I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say I was smart enough to guess where this movie was headed, but I definitely had the sense of like, oh, there's going to be a Shyamalan type twist in this if they're calling back to the village. Um, can I, can I give spoilers for The Village, a movie that's, like, 15 years old?
1: Uh, yeah. yeah, sure. I mean, I think I know what happens. Or, or, or Tell you what. All right, we'll give a spoiler warning to any of our listeners who don't want to hear how The Village ends. Maybe skip the next 20 seconds. Uh, I think The Village ends with them realizing that it's like Greenfield Village and that they're not actually living in 1800 or whatever. Yes, that's exactly it. It's They're living in 2034. That's exactly,
0: <laughs> and there, there, are these, they're, they're not 2020, not that, but
1: sure. but there, but there is this like red cloaked
0: or multiple red cloaked figures who kind of haunt the perimeter of this quaint, um, you know, kind of early American sort of village type setting. And then one of the characters manages to get past them and out onto a highway. Um, and then they meet M Night Shyamalan, and M Night Shyamalan explains <laughs> what's going on.
1: It's like the and, and uh... what his profession
2: is. It's like the end <laughs> yeah. of uh it's like
1: the end of uh Captain America. Yeah. Yeah
2: basically. Wow, <laughs> spoilers
0: for
1: Captain America. Steven, you haven't, expecting that. you haven't seen Captain America, the first Avenger? <laughs>
0: Do you think that I would watch a movie called Captain America? Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> there's nothing appealing about it. Well,
1: listen, there, there's like maybe six good scenes in the entire Marvel Universe, and the end of Captain America is one of them, because he, he goes down in the plane, and then he wakes up in like a in like the VA World War II hospital, and they're taking care of him. They're like, oh, it's so glad you're, you're alive, and then he hears on the radio a baseball game, and he's like, wait a minute, I was at that baseball game. That baseball game was played in 1942 or something like that. And then he like he's like, I, I gotta get the fuck out of here! And he runs out into the street, and he's in Times Square. Why is an old
2: baseball game playing on the radio? To, to, to they're ke- trying to ease him back in and make him think that it's still the forties. Yeah. Like, so uh, the, he's it's, not it's set just shocked the minute he wakes back up from being defrosted from sitting in the Atlantic ocean for 70 years or whatever. And,
1: and then Sam Jack is there and explains everything and says, how would you like to be in eight more movies? And he says, yes. <laughs> <laughs> sign me up. Um,
2: I love hearing that from your perspective of someone who wasn't expecting that. Oh, no,
1: I wasn't expecting that. It
2: I mean, I, I, like I knew it would have been a delight.
1: Yeah. I mean, I knew he was going to end up in the present day, but the, the manner that happened was was a surprise and, mm. and very fun. Um, and does he does he run out into the street and then
2: get
0: hit by like five cars like meet Joe Black? <laughs> he probably does.
2: <laughs> I don't know. Like, fi- like fake Michael Myers in Halloween, too. <laughs>
1: um but yeah so so elisa is the survivor and she's able to you know basically escape they don't really have her restrained they just have nails through her hand and listen if you've watched enough of these netflix movies you know that a couple nails through your hand isn't going to keep you in one spot
2: well this was this was one of my favorite scenes and one of my favorite bits in the movie was when she wakes up at you know again midsummer we're back at midsummer we're at the long ass fucking dining table everybody's sitting down for a weird communal meal And the head of the local mafia, who has been referenced earlier in the movie, is hanging out, starts to explain some of what's going on, basically like copying to the fact that she's behind all this and has organized this and then i chris i feel like you had to have loved this moment when the police car pulls up and elisa thinks like oh i thank knew she God. was fucked
1: and, if you know anything well, about the italian po- if you know anything about the italian police in a horror movie or not if they show up you're out of the frying pan into the fire
2: oh i mean i don't know anything about the italian police but they're fucked all, up man and, and fuck i also you up. knew it wasn't going to turn out well but she's screaming for help and the mob boss just struts off gets in the police car <laughs> is chauffeured away right it wasn't
1: and you know i don't know what they're i don't know enough about the mafia to understand where they're going with all that um but it was it was fun i guess the idea is that oh the mafia has transitioned and now it's you know it's doing midsummer feasts and cannibalizing people or something <laughs> to, to support the needy i mean it's interesting to me that
0: midsummer has become the cultural touchstone for folk horror right that like it seems like almost as if it was invented out of whole cloth and all the tropes of it and everything else which it was not but there is one really interesting callback in this where alisa is uh, is is kind of like sobbing and complaining and the entire everyone at the dinner table turns and does that thing that happens in midsamar yeah. where they're like making the noise along with her and i
1: hated it i hated it it
0: was I kinda offensive hated it, it was
2: offensive <laughs> to me well, and I mean not only that, but also you've got the sobbing woman who's been under great duress at the center of this feast. Well, yeah, I mean, huge Midsummer vibes.
0: Well, that's huge folklore vibes, but it's the it's the everyone in the at the dinner table turning and making that sound like along with her that was like, that's clearly cribbed from a very specific movie.
1: Right. And it's like, and I I liked Midsummer so much that it was just upsetting because it's just cribbing this stuff with no context or respect for its original meaning. Um, and just kind of turning it into trope, like, oh, it was creepy in that movie. It'll be creepy in this movie. And so it just right. really, really put me off. Um, it's kind of lazy. And, but again, that's like, then you find out five minutes later that, oh, we're kind of in on the joke. Um, and so you, back to my original question, does does a 10-minute does a monologue with a guy telling you why the movie was shitty and that it was actually a smart decision absolve a movie of being kind of shitty? Oh
2: <laughs> you know what I did like that I hadn't seen before, and this was a small thing, but in one of the sort of ritualistic murder scenes, all the cult members standing around start making this noise, like.
0: Oh, like like when you were testing the mic at band practice the other night,
2: <laughs> they're just making gross <laughs> wet mouth sounds. <laughs> I was making cat sounds actually the other night. I was like, pss, pss, pss,
1: pss. I I didn't know if I was watching Midsommar or ASMR.
2: <laughs> it is it is gross. <laughs> it's gross. And I loved it.
0: Oh, can we write a movie called AS Somar? <laughs>
1: <laughs> um But but Elisa breaks out, she she lifts her hands right off those nails and then she escapes the little room she's in and she's like, you know, she's on the she's on the lot basically. She's got there's the trailers set up, there's all the props and the wardrobe and all this stuff.
2: Uh we it's have basically ta- the horror version of the end of Pee Wee's big adventure spoiler alert (laughs) we're spoiling so many classics I mean the
0: uh, Fabrizio at this point in the movie is literally wearing a t-shirt that says spoiler exclamation point on it so I think we should just feel free to spoil any movie that we feel (laughs) about
1: um and And the, we didn't really talk much about the little girl, but but they do find a little wicker girl in a in a in a easel easily a very fragile looking wicker trap that they're able to free her from
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, and supposedly her tongue's been cut out, we see it in a jar you know next to her and it turns out that she's
1: Fabrizio's sister, yeah, and she's and
0: actually she's actually kind of got the upper hand on him
1: even though she's probably half his age. She's like, kind of she, the brains of the operation, yeah. Um and,
2: and that was fun She's she's been wearing a prosthetic to like simulate not having a tongue
1: <laughs> yeah yeah well and again that's the other thing because like earlier in the movie I'm seeing her in this like wicker tent and I'm like that doesn't look like she's confined she can break out of there what's going on and then yeah an hour later it turns out oh well she was all she was planted there she didn't you know it was part of the bit blah 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 blah, blah. so just all these things get explained but it's like
2: ah yeah, you know here's um, the question though where are the cameras for all this shit how are they hidden. filming all this <laughs> they're, all they're all hidden they got 13 or 14, 14
1: of them and they're hidden
2: <laughs> um, was this yeah, a backdoor Gerald, camera Gerald is the DP <laughs> <laughs> um, R.I.P. Neville R.I.P. But,
1: but Elisa finds all the, all the, you know, she finds the wardrobe, she finds those scary masks, and she finds, you know, their, their rack of, of prop guns and stuff. And, and, you know, we know she was on her way to get an abortion. So we know she's capable of murder. So she, (laughs) (laughs) I kid, I kid, Elisa. (laughs) But, um, that's what happens. She she fucking blows away the little girl that she's been she's been protecting this girl all movie, <laughs> mm-hmm. and she doesn't hesitate. She she I, I'm not gonna make the joke, but she 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 points that prop gun and <laughs> she kills the little girl.
0: I yeah. laughed. I laughed. I screamed. It reminded me of the the um, the kill at the end of X. I just love to see somebody completely (laughs) blown away by a shotgun in a comical fashion. It's
2: a a sweet spot for me. Duly shocking, because it's like a little girl, like (laughs) preteen, I would say.
1: Yeah, I don't think I've seen that before in a movie.
2: My jaw fucking dropped when that happened. Mm Mm-hmm. And I mean, it is crass. It's so, it's like, it's unnecessary, but... I guess I also enjoyed it just because of what those two had put everybody through at that Oh, point. that little
0: girl's fucking evil. She deserved it. I enjoyed yeah, it. It was really fun. she's still a fun. child.
2: She doesn't deserve to be tried and summarily sentenced as an adult.
0: When it's life or death, kill the little girl.
2: I mean, no, when it's life or death, choose restorative justice.
1: She deserved to die. Was Fabrizio deserved to die even more. Italy's still working it on too. on justice, okay? <laughs> let's, let's, <laughs> let's start with there, that and then move on. Um, they they reference the Amanda Knox trial in this movie, which I thought was interesting. Do they? They talk about, yo, how the whole country can't look away from a roommate killing her, from a, from a girl killing her roommate. Oh, uh, right. They don't say allegedly. Uh, but... <laughs> <laughs> anyway yeah so uh, then for,
0: then fabrizio meets his n2 he gets a shotgun through the face which again i thought was done weirdly tastefully given that we actually do see some viscera come out of the back of his head but it's just it's a squib on the back of his head that just kind of leaks out um
2: that is wild. That struck me as gruesome and rather realistic. But it also, is a little more. I, no, I have no fucking idea what a head looks like when it gets blasted at point blank with a shotgun. So who knows?
1: Once the girl got blown away like that, I was expecting him to pop like a watermelon. Right, I, I but you—I I thought they were going there. But you don't see the front. I don't know what you would call it, but
0: like you don't see the entry front impact wound. wound, the entry wound because she's got the shot. In his he's, mouth. he's down to the ground. With his head on the ground and she's got the shotgun in his mouth, so we just see the squib go off the back, and it's really quick, and yeah. I thought it was just satisfying enough because you really want to do see him get it at this point in the movie, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's- yeah. 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 And, and and, you know, they even let us see him like whimper a little bit because he's been such a such a smug prick. Actually he hasn't been smug. That's kind of his whole vibe is kind of like insecure incel guy. Um Yeah, how about that scene where like, okay, so <laughs>
0: When all hell's breaking loose and everybody, the doctor and the the Insta girl are getting sacrificed, Fabrizio and Elisa are in the house and he wants to give her a hug. You know, he's kind of acting like, like, this is his big moment to like, finally, like make it with a girl. And somebody even Mark even references earlier in the movie, like that guy really needs a fucking girlfriend ASAP or Mm -hmm. something. And I felt kind of bad for him, but then... Then he, like, once once Elisa discovers the earpiece and figures out that this has all been a con, he just keeps saying, like, no, no, over and over again and, like, walking around the house and, like, like almost like he has, and I mean this in, like, the most sensitive way possible, but almost like he has, like, Tourette's or something and goes on for a very long time that he's just, like, losing his shit. And I found that to be, like, kind of compelling in the way in that scene you slowly sort of realize like how fucked up and evil he actually is even though just moments before you thought he might actually yeah. be like a one of one of the more harmless In
1: cells, right? Well, (laughs) he he seems very harmless, and you know he's like, oh, like they they saw something traumatic, and he's like, oh, can I give you a hug? And it's like, oh, that's that's an appropriate thing to say, and and you know, and then yeah, he he starts having a breakdown and starts calling her a whore and all the stuff that you see on the forum when they when they look at the guy's Facebook after he kills people. Well, he says
2: she ruined everything, which I'm I'm still a little unclear on what she ruined exactly.
1: He she went off script.
0: Yeah, I don't know what the, I don't know what was planned for her, though, because it did seem like it was intentional that she was supposed to see this sacrifice happen. And, yeah, I, I think he was, I mean, I, I don't say this lightly, but I think he was planning to rape her before she died. And that, like, she discovered the earpiece, so
2: he was unable oh. to achieve that. Hmm. Oh, gotcha. Hmm.
1: Well, he gets his, he gets murdered. or Thank God. Or, Is it murder? Let's call it. He gets euthanized. (laughs) Um, And then Elisa, you know, turns to the camera, takes off the mask, which I thought was an interesting choice because she wants you to know that it was the victim who got away. And she says, This film was directed by Elisa, like the end of 15 minutes. And you guys see 15 minutes? I'm I'm actually the only person who saw 15 minutes. What the fuck
0: is 15 minutes? Is that like an Al Pacino? Uh, it's
1: it's a thriller from like 2000 <laughs> it's the or 1999 88, oh, that's 88 minutes, minutes. <laughs> no it's a, it's a thriller with uh, Robert De Niro and Edward Burns oh Not- so I
0: wasn't far off <laughs>
1: Yeah, not Edward Norton, Edward Burns, and, and it's about <laughs> Eastern European immigrants who come to – it's actually – this is a remake of 15 minutes, this movie. Um, it's about Eastern European immigrants who are in New York City, and they're obsessed with film, and they're also obsessed with a murderer who was found not guilty by reason of insanity, and then was able to profit by, like, movie and book deals off of his crime – because there's a, there's a law, there's like, I think in the movie they call it the Son of Sam law, where if you commit a murder or a crime, you can't profit off your crime. But if you're found not guilty by insanity, you can. So these Eastern European guys are like, we're going to commit murders and we're going to film them. And they're going to say only an insane person would film themselves committing murder. So then we're going to sell the movie rights. And they're trying to make a film. Same thing. It's, yeah, and it's, it's, a, and it's a critique. It's <laughs> not far well, off. Well, it's a crit because it's a critique of of American, if it bleeds, it leads, the same kind of stuff Fabrizio's talking about. <laughs> it's like, oh, look, the news media. In fact, I mean, pivotal, I mean Kelsey Grammer plays like the, the nightly news guy who can't get enough of the snuff films. What more do we have to say,
0: guys? Um, Any lingering thoughts about a classic horror story?
2: Dude, I just. It's so funny because, you know, Chris used the term hand waves before and this does just kind of like hand wave away certain things. Like I was looking at this back lot and all these vehicles and like theoretically there's a lot of people working on this right. endeavor. And I'm like, okay, how are we, how do we really have this many people, like a small business? It's a film. It's a film production. All this many people engaged in, you know, making literally a snuff film of multiple people. But it's the mob. So like of course the mob has a huge but, operation where everybody knows that people are getting killed.
1: Not yeah. only is it the mob, but it's established that, that it's it's because the, the, the mob leader is also the mayor of the vicinity. Yeah. Um and she's lauded early on for like having gotten all the people off the streets and like yeah. you know feeding everybody. So this is this is probably the the mob plus a bunch of people who are down on their luck and just dependent on the mob to survive. Mm. These are the people
0: she got off the streets. Yeah, and she's feeding them well. They she wines and dines them daily. My question was there's all these trailers. I thought there was gonna be like an epic chase shootout, like <laughs> not so much. She just kinda wanders through the woods. She comes across a boy with floaties on his arms and realizes, Oh, I'm I'm at the beach and mm-hmm. and she's safe. I, I, I thought it was very anticlimactic.
1: And then, you know, you get the thing where she walks onto the beach and oh, all the all those Italians that we've Fabrizio has conditioned us to loathe Are pulling out their phones And taking Instagram videos of her Because they want to see all the blood They want to see all the shit But they pretend they don't And they don't like horror movies They love to see it They love the spectacle This movie's about spectacle (laughs)
2: but who is that one character that was in the trailer but not the movie
1: (laughs) i don't know but i'm sure i'll get 25 texts about tonight (laughs) all right well
0: that was a that that was called a classic horror story whether or not it is one we'll leave that for you to decide I think the wheel of death is choosing for us next week. Is that correct?
1: Oh, the wheel of death is choosing. It's picking. And I always say next week is if we do this weekly, but you know what I mean. (laughs) All right. All right. let's give this all cyber wheel spin. We got every horror movie on Netflix loaded up into a cyber wheel. It's going to tell us what we are watching. Chris is literally closing his eyes in suspense. And we're spinning (laughs) this thing. All right. We are going to watch The Rental. A dreamy weekend getaway at a gorgeous and remote seaside rental takes a nightmarish turn for two couples when their secrets emerge and fear creeps in.
2: Yeah, isn't like Allison Brie in this? Or Yes. D- yeah, you Dave know- Franco directed it, right? I couldn't I've tell you that. Dave us.
1: Franco directed it, yeah.
2: Yeah, okay. I remember this coming out and I was curious about it on the basis of those two. Did not see it, though.
0: All right. All right. Well, I, I'm excited to see how you two new homeowners react to going back into the rental business, um, the <laughs> rental lifestyle. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. Um, any any business
1: we need to get out of the way before we wrap this shit up? I mean, hey, you know, have a good Thanksgiving if that's your jam. Thanks, killing. Have a good Thanksgiving.
0: <laughs> Hope you have a good little blood feast. Blood Rage, watch Blood Rage. Um, It's not cranberry sauce. (laughs) For every horror movie on Netflix, I have been
2: Steven.
1: I have been Chris.
2: I have been Patrick.
1: Bye.